It's Thursday, August 19th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, Mr. Tim Byers. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Chris. Good to see you. Good to see you. We've got more tech-related earnings. We are going to start with the chipmaker, NVIDIA. Second quarter revenue came in higher than expected, and management's guidance for third quarter revenue was also higher than analysts were expecting, and shares of NVIDIA up 6%. This, on the surface, looks pretty good. What does it look like underneath the surface? Uh, the, it's the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, it, like the jelly of the month club. I mean, uh, total <laughs> revenue up 68% here. Uh, revenue uh, for the, the, the outlook, like you were talking about, Chris, uh, $6.8 you know, for the third quarter of, of fiscal 2022. That is definitely higher than analysts expected. Um, I have been calling this a data center company that does gaming. I'm going to say I was wrong about this only in the sense of this quarter because, boy, this quarter, NVIDIA's gaming business was absolutely in fuego, um, you know, on fire, up to $3.06 up 11% from the previous quarter. This, I mean, it is still very much a cloud story here, Chris, because um, for those who do not know, NVIDIA has arguably the top-rated cloud gaming business uh, in the world in GeForce Now, and that is now supporting over more than 1,000 PC games on old computers. NVIDIA is really killing it here. Now, the data center business, Chris, was up 35%. It's still a phenomenal business. And I think when you think about NVIDIA, it just does more stuff than you think it does. Like, it doesn't just make chips. It makes these graphs cards that go into your gaming console. They also make servers that go into data centers. They are making a cloud gaming service that people like and are actually using. Um, they're making software for you know doing AI tooling. Nvidia is a shockingly well organized but still pretty diversified business, Chris. And I think the market may be starting to notice that. When you look at the gaming part of the business, is that look obviously it's the numbers there are great, um, but there are a lot of businesses in the gaming industry that have put up great numbers over the past year for all of the obvious reasons. Is that something that you look at as an analyst and think, okay, this is good, but nobody should expect this quarter after quarter? I don't. I mean, I was surprised that it was up by this much because there is so much happening in the gaming industry. And I'll be honest with you, Chris, I, I thought just by virtue of AMD's sort of foothold in the console business that NVIDIA maybe would get a little lighter on the gaming side. So it is a very pleasant surprise to me to see the gaming business up this much. I did not expect that just because of the encroachment of AMD into the console business. But if I look at it and I look at it objectively, there is a lot of movement around cloud gaming. And, you know, NVIDIA has been in the gaming business for such a long period of time. Maybe it really shouldn't surprise me that there is a lot of demand for just the, the various areas of the gaming business that NVIDIA serves. It's not just the graphics cards. It's some expertise in software. Um, it is GeForce Now. There's a lot built around this, and I just didn't give them enough credit. 
Yeah, I'm sure someone uh, like our colleague Aaron Bush has probably crunched the numbers on this since he's as, as good uh, an expert in the video gaming industry as exists out there that I'm aware of. Um, but w- the amount of money that has poured into this industry from all corners, uh, you know, on the cloud side, the server side, the uh, the chip side, the content creation side. I mean, it's we're we're getting to pretty dizzying heights with the aggregate amount of dollars in, and it's only going up. No, it's it it is only going up. And here is, I mean, I'm I'm not going to say we're at we're at peak game here, Chris. But this kind of this is from the Nvidia press release, and it did make me laugh because we are of a similar age, and I remember the original Castle Wolfenstein, and now there is a Wolfenstein Youngblood. I mean, the gaming industry now has the Hollywood sequel syndrome. Can you blame them? No, I can't. I can't even remotely blame them because it's making bucket loads of money and NVIDIA is clearly profiting from it. Uh, Last thing, and then we'll move on. On a more serious note, you and I have talked before about cybersecurity as an industry. Um, uh, And I've said recently on this show that I I think cybersecurity is one of those must-have industries in a diversified portfolio. If you look at your stocks and you can't identify the stock that is giving you exposure to this important and growing industry, you need to fix that. Do you think gaming is in that same category? That Again, for a diversified portfolio, someone who's got 20 to 25 stocks, is it now in the category where you need to be able to point to the business that has some exposure to gaming? I think so, and especially with cloud gaming. I mean, I really do think, let's just put a kind of a macro view of this for a second. All of the major public cloud providers, and I'm even including NVIDIA in this conversation, have some exposure to the gaming business. Alphabet has Stadia, which is cloud gaming. Uh, There is an Xbox you know, uh, cloud option that Microsoft is offering. Amazon is in this. I believe it's called Amazon Luna. Everybody is in this in some way. So yes, you should be able to point to something in your portfolio that says, not only am I in gaming, but I am in the future of gaming, which is games delivered via the cloud. And if you needed more proof that this this was important, just go ask Reed Hastings and how important it is to Netflix. It is a massive piece of the business. The distribution model for gaming is changing. And maybe that's it, Chris, is that, you know, NVIDIA being kind of the backbone for the delivery of so much stuff is is getting a lot of deserved credit in this part of the gaming business. The cloud gaming business is a bit of a tailwind here for NVIDIA. Robin Hood's first quarter report, uh, really their first report as a public yeah. company. Uh, not received by investors the way I'm sure Robinhood's management would have liked. Uh, revenue was 130% higher than a year ago, but the company warned that trading activity is slowing down. And that is a problem, Tim, because Robinhood is a trading app. And, and not only that, but trading is the vast, and I mean vast, majority of Robinhood's revenues. They do have other revenues. They have they essentially break down Chris into what they call transaction-based revenues and net 
interest revenues. And net interest revenues, so just to put you know a finer point on this, net interest revenues for the most recent quarter were uh, 67, let's call it $67.7 million. Then they had about $47 million in other revenues. Their transaction-based revenues, $451 million. That's a lot more. That's a lot more. So you're you're essentially talking about 20% of revenues are non-transaction related. The other 80% are all transaction related. And the vast majority of that, Chris, is cryptocurrency. I mean, I, I didn't know that this, you know, I know we've talked about Robinhood as a meme stock. I didn't know that the meme would actually represent the stock, that Robinhood is cryptocurrency and cryptocurrency is Robinhood. That's like a meme, but it's actually reality. I mean, I, I just looking at this, I, I'll hit the number very quickly here, Chris. 5.3 million from cryptocurrency trading revenues in June, the June quarter of 2020. In the June 2021 quarter, 233 million. That is multiple orders of magnitude difference. So, I mean, Bitcoin, Ethereum, this is the stuff that makes Robinhood right now. Well, and this was getting a lot of attention on CNBC this morning. I mean, you you look at the crypto, you look at the trading volume, you look at the role that options trading plays sure. in the trading volume. And it is a fair question of Robinhood, how sustainable is this quarter after quarter? Right. And, and I think the answer to that is it is not sustainable. I think as an investor, the biggest risk I see here, Chris, is there are other crypto trading platforms there are other options trading platforms it is it is not like robinhood has a a monopoly on trading of these types of of equities and there is a risk here too because if robinhood in order to protect this part of its business says hey we're going to make cryptocurrency trading easier or we're going to make options trading easier won't regulators be looking at that and asking why we should make that easier? Because this is relatively new territory, and we've had some ugly stories in in this area. So now options, to be fair, I mean, options were up uh, significantly, but not nearly as much as crypto. Options are still a options transaction revenue is still a big part of the story here. But I think the thing that's maybe most disheartening here is that equity trading, revenue from equity trading from June 20, the June 2020 quarter to the June 2021 quarter, that was actually down. It was 70.6 million in 2020 versus 52 million in 2021. So you have literally people on the Robinhood platform saying, nah, I don't really like stocks anymore. I want more options, give me more options, give me more crypto. That's pretty disheartening. Shares of Cisco Systems up a bit and hitting a two-year high today after fourth quarter revenue came in 8% higher than a year ago. I don't want to throw a lot of shade at a company that's worth nearly a quarter of a trillion dollars, but Cisco Systems really does seem to be making a, a good number of acquisitions to fuel their growth. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, there, there's absolutely no doubt. I think the way to think about it is over the past year, there have been nine acquisitions. And, and you can think about it this way. So overall, revenue up about 
Cisco believes, at least according to you know what we're seeing in the public-facing announcements here, that they can do five to seven percent, up to eight percent, maybe a little higher than that. This is not a double-digit revenue growth story anymore. So, what does it cost to buy that kind of revenue? I'm not going to say that Cisco is you know is a bad company and you should avoid it, but you should know what it costs to get that kind of growth. Over the last year, there's been about $10 billion spent, $7 billion on uh, cash acquisitions, and about $2.8 billion on share repurchases. Those share repurchases really didn't go to retire a bunch of Cisco shares. In fact, the share count was down less than one half of 1%. It essentially was to take shares issued for something, maybe something like an acquisition, and retire those shares, sort of reduce dilution. So you are essentially paying $10 billion to get 500 extra million dollars of revenue over the past year. That's not a perfectly fair comparison because you know acquisitions do take some time and you know some of that 500 million probably came from some earlier acquisitions, but it is increasingly expensive for Cisco to buy the growth that it's getting. If it stopped buying companies, Chris, I think this would be a negative growth story. And yet it is roughly the same market cap as Oracle. And these are two businesses that are frequently mentioned in the same sentence uh, in terms of what they do, their history, um, both corporate and as stocks. If you're looking at the, I guess my question is, is Oracle a stock that should be higher on someone's watch list than Cisco Systems if they are looking for this type of business? I think so. And the reason I think so is because Oracle does have, like Oracle does not need to stitch together acquisitions in the same way that Cisco does. Like Oracle does have a meaningful business. Now you could argue its legacy business and its legacy database is um, shrinking and and maybe has some fading relevancy. But I'll tell you what doesn't have fading relevancy, which is Oracle Cloud. It may not be the top cloud, but you know who uses it? We're using it right now. It's on Zoom. And I mean, Oracle, I have some strong objections to parts of Oracle, but I will not, you know, sort of stand on a soapbox and say this is equivalent to Cisco. It is not. It is absolutely not. The Oracle Cloud is very high performance. It is differentiated. It's got some big customers. It's working on some interesting database technology. I still like some of the other database vendors better, but if you want exposure to legacy tech, yeah, I'll take Oracle over Cisco uh, eight times a week. Tim Byers, always great talking to you. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. Monday.